through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access through by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that in tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given to us. Amen. Theologian Daniel Migliori defines justification the following way. A term drawn from the legal sphere, justification refers to God's gracious pardon and acceptance of sinners, not on account of their own virtues or good works, but solely because of God's gracious, sheer embodied grace in Jesus Christ and received by faith. If that is so, then why in James 2.14 does the writer ask the question of, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? When I first read these two verses, I asked myself, okay, is the Bible contradicting itself? Is only one writer correct? What's going on here? I have observed that when reading a text, we can find ourselves seeking proofs or taking a text out of content, asking the wrong questions or implying meaning without looking at the text as a whole. Is the Bible contradictory? Yes, of course it is. <laughs> the text can appear contradictory, and that's because it is. Each writer wrote their book from their own perspective. Even in the Gospels, we can see that although Mark, Matthew, and Luke are synoptic Gospels, they still contain stories in which the writers tell them in their own point of view. In Romans, the writer brings about the story of Abraham, in which it, its main focus of circumcision was not the actual circumcision, but the sign of a covenant relationship, a separateness and blessing that Abraham chose to be with in God by foregoing the circumcision, the work God asked him to do. Romans 4, 1 through 5. What then are we to say was gained by Abraham, our ancestor, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he, was, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now to one who works, wages are not reckoned as a gift, but something due. But to one who without works trusts in him, who justifies the ungodly, such faith is reckoned as righteousness. The text continues by explaining how Abraham's righteousness was reckoned to him not after, but before his circumcision. So then why is it that you choose to, good work, to do good works or follow the ways of Christ if you already have obtained justification by faith? We should follow the steps of Abraham, our ancestor, doing good works or taking action to have that covenant relationship with God, not to enforce our salvation. The story of Abraham in Romans 4 leads us to Romans 5, in which it says, that when we are justified by faith, and when we are justified by faith, we're at peace with God. When we're at peace with God, 
we know that even in our struggles, he will be there for us. As we read in Romans 4, you see that faith was reckoned before he was circumcised, so he didn't have to be circumcised to receive faith, but he still went through with it. I'd like to return to James 2.14, in which again the writer asks, what good is our faith if we do not do works? Do you do good works just to be saved, or do you do them to live in the image of God? I believe that we shouldn't do good works in order to achieve salvation. We should do works because we're living in the image of God and having that faith, faith that does not simply just believe or know that God exists and that we are saved, but faith that leads to godly works. Now I think I know why the writer of James was asking, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? And following that, James 2.15 says, if a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is, that, is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. In these verses, James illustrates this image of a person choosing not to help someone, just simply telling them to go at peace. I believe that he was saying not that we have to do good works to obtain salvation, but do good works because that is the right thing to do. As a Christian and as a human, how can you walk past your neighbor who is struggling and feel no remorse or pain? How can you pass by a sick person or see a person in need and, feel, and not feel that tug in your heart and mind to do something to help them. In the book of Romans, we see that we are justified by faith through the biggest gift that God can give us, which is Jesus Christ. God sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for our sins. Not just for mine, but for all of our sins. He didn't say, I will only save the Jews, I will only save the Gentiles, I will only save the rich, or I will only save the poor. He gave up his life for all of us. Although we may all be different in our own ways, we all have one thing in common, which is that Jesus died in the cross for all of our sins. We are justified by faith, which leads us to do good works without having to do good deeds just to be accepted or to receive salvation, but because we're living in the image of God. Imagine if Jesus would have only chosen to save a few, how would you feel? Would he still hold the same importance in the Christian world today? I grew up in a Christian home with my mom showing me that we must always help the homeless, but it wasn't until three years ago when I began to be a part of a ministry back home called Warriors for Christ when God opened up my eyes to see things that I never thought could be possible. Many men and women living in the desert, under bridges, in the streets, parks, and much more. In this ministry, we go out to feed the homeless every weekend, and it broke my heart to see the conditions that they were in. It is crazy to see that sometimes we think we know everything about homeless people or a specific homeless person, but we don't, until you actually get to know them or see the complete condition that they are in. Not only are the homeless people in need of our help, but our neighbor, an acquaintance, someone that you may meet for the very first time, a random person you chose to help at that moment, a friend, and not only that, but, but your brother and or your sister. We each have a moment in which we are in need of something or someone just like we are in need of a savior. We can have that Christ-like character that God wants us to have, helping those in need in whatever their circumstance may be, large or small. So what about Jesus? Did he feel that one specific person was in need of a savior more than another? No. 
Imagine if Jesus would have chosen, if Jesus wouldn't have chosen to do the good works that God had called him to do, such as healing the sick, teaching, and most importantly, dying in the cross for our sins. Don't choose to do good works just because you want to achieve salvation. Do good works because you are saved by the grace of God and loved by God, wanting to share his love and mercy to others the same way that he does upon you. In Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not that of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works that one should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So let us not boast in our good works or the fact that we have already obtained justification by faith, but let us boast about his goodness and share the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that sufferings produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Amen. Obtaining justification by faith is just the beginning. Once you allow for your faith to be shown, not only will your life change for the good, but your life will change for the life of those around you, your community, and your loved ones. My step-grandfather, whom I call Abuelito Vicente, struggled for many years with alcohol and drug abuse to the point in which he abandoned his family. When I was a child and he would come and go as he pleased from our lives, it would anger me because it felt as if he didn't love us, and at that age to me, it didn't make sense why he wouldn't stay. I would become frustrated, wishing that God would change him. Two years ago, I was at school one day when my mom calls me with the news that they received a phone call from my grandfather saying that a Christian family had found him on the streets and took care of him. When we found him, I was happy but still unsure if he would actually choose to stay in our lives from now on. When I saw him for the first time, after many years, he was a different man. God had changed him from the inside out and he had this glow in him that I just can't explain. When we left his home that night on our drive back home, I was sitting in the back seat with my niece and I began to cry tears of joy and happiness. And I wished and I hoped that that wouldn't be the last day that I would see him again, and it wasn't. Just a few months ago, Abuelito Vicente went to the doctor and received the terrible news that the doctor found a large cancerous tumor, liver cirrhosis, and other health problems in his body. Upon receiving this news, I began to feel anger, asking why would God allow such a thing? He just came back into our lives and now he's extremely ill. I said, God, please don't take him from us. I was surprised to see how strong my grandfather's faith was when he received this news, not doubting God or questioning his circumstance. From day one, he believed with his all that God had everything under control. He put his faith at work. He continued life, going to work, going to church, making the best out of every day, as if there was nothing wrong with him, while I lived my days not knowing what was, going to be, what was going to be the outcome of it. You see, he laid out his faith upon God, continuing to serve him no matter what the outcome may be. Just last Sabbath, my mother and her sister went to visit at his home in Los Angeles. He was glowing with happiness as he informed them that the doctors had told him that the tumor had shrunk. When my mom called me the next day, you could only imagine how ecstatic and grateful to God I was. What the doctor said was impossible, God said it is possible. Amen. 
It went from being a large tumor to a very small tumor to the point in which the doctors will now be able to remove it completely from his body. He will soon begin to get, to get ready for a liver transplant and words cannot describe how happy I am. That's what faith can do. I praise the Lord for his miracle and pray, and pray that he receives complete healing. This man, whom I would be upset at for leaving us many years ago, is back in my life showing me how I should let faith do the talking, working for the Lord. Pastor Rojas puts it best by saying, while others are arguing about faith, let your faith work. May you pour out your hearts to Jesus, have faith that can move mountains, pray for him to use you in mighty ways, and live out the life that God has called you to live. Amen. Amen. Amen.